Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Shannon Ivy with the What She Said Project. And I have our first, are you ready, international guest. Uh, so I'm very excited to introduce this brilliant person to you, but I will tell you after listening to your podcast, I now want to call you Susan. I can't. So it's like, how would you, I, cause there was like Suzanne, Susan, and then it was like, <laughs> so would you, would you tell us what you'd like us to know about you today? You could call me Suze. I, I just yes. have to laugh. So everyone can hear the accent now. Welcome to the future. I'm joining you from Sydney, Australia. My name's Suzanne Kohlberg. It's funny. My friends call me Suze. I went to a networking thing recently, introduced myself as Suzanne, as I do. And they're like, oh, but your friends call you Suze. And I'm thinking, well, that's a bit presumptuous. <laughs> exactly why I didn't want to call you Suze. And then I was like, wait a minute, what? What do we call you in our group that we're in? I'm like, now I'm so confused. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there are a few things I love about you. Number one, your podcast is fantastic. And I'm so glad that I put it in my car on a recent drive. Uh, I want to talk about your podcast. I want to talk about your work. Uh, I also would like to know, um, people call you the nope coach, but I, I want to dig in there, but I really would like to know if you could tell me one thing you're over it about today, what would it be? It's so funny you asked me that question because I was just thinking for my own podcast, which is called Over It. I'm like, from now on, when we get guests, our guest question is going to be, what are you over? And then you like channeled me and asked me my own question. What am I over today? I am totally over being over accommodating. So, you know, how often do we say to somebody or somebody asks us for something and we're like, sure. And then they're the one who doesn't turn up or they're the one who's like, can we reschedule? And it's like, no, I'm over that. If you ask me for this and then you can't even turn up on time, bye. <laughs> I love that. And I need to confess something to you. It's really good that you've entered my life. I'm very happy about it. Uh, so I texted my parents and told them not to read my email from my newsletter because it had swear words in it. <clears throat> and then I'm like both proud that I did that because I put out the content, but also I'm like, oh my God, really? I'm over it protecting people from a little bit of sweariness. I was going to ask, that's one thing I didn't ask before we hit record is swearing aloud on your podcast. So for those yes, listening, please. you do come across to mine. I'm a sweary fairy, so I am upfront yes. about it. But there's a difference between, between being that bitch <laughs> and knowing what is is in, in another person's pleasure. So say, for example, I think it's funny. My parents are in denial about their swearing. Where do you think I got it from, mum and dad? But... <laughs> There'll be times where I will ask them not to, you know, consume something because I know that they're going to have thoughts that I'm unavailable to hear. So I wrote a memoir, which I published, oh, 18 months ago now. I didn't want anybody in my family to read it because it's my thoughts and through my lens, and I didn't want to defend my story to anybody. So I asked everybody in my family, love you all fiercely, don't read this. Like, please don't read this, oh, you know. 
Mm-hmm. And people in my family didn't respect my wishes. Like, I think sometimes people take something as a challenge when you're saying, don't do this. It's like, you know, bull red flag. And it's like, you know, I'm not open to having a discussion about this. I specifically asked you not to read this. And particularly my dad, love you fiercely, dad. But um, it was it was very confronting and he kept trying to bring it up. And <laughs> hence why I became the nope coach. <laughs> Boundaries. But it was part of it. I was like, you don't understand. Oh. And, and the thing is, boundaries isn't telling other people what they can and can't do. You are free to read the book. You are free to have opinions about it. I don't want to hear them. So it was like, if you bring up the book, I will end the conversation. And in the end, he thought he was so smart. He left me a voice message. Like he tried in every which way, Shannon, it was crazy. And um, so he left me a voice message. What he doesn't know, as soon as I heard the word book or like I knew what he was talking about, I just deleted it. So he stopped then because he felt in essence that he got his message across. And so that part of it was kind of good. But like I didn't need to hear that. And I think part of his frustration was that he was actually proud or excited or whatever. And he thought the reason I asked them not to read it was because I thought they wouldn't like it. And, you know, there is elements of that. But in any story, there is a villain in a story. It doesn't make them a villain. Like I'm sure I'm the villain in plenty of people's stories. <laughs> it doesn't make me a villain. So whether you want to, it's like when you accidentally, you hear somebody talking about you. So like my kids had a, one of my children had a friend over and they're in their room talking about their brother and he was at the door. And I was like, if you are listening to something, when you know you're not invited to the conversation, you can't really get up in arms about what is said. Like I'm not saying go and talk about people behind their back or whatever, but if it's clearly something that you're not invited to and then you have an opinion on it, um, you know, I'm just, people say all sorts of shit about me behind my back. It's not my business. That is actually a superpower. Do you know that? It. I don't I know so how. so much in my fuck budget. I can't extend it to things that people think about me. Like I had a, it's the time of we're recording this, it's just been my birthday. So I had a virtual birthday bash that I organized for myself. Unfortunately, the Oscars also decided to have their event on the same time as my birthday. Like I can't believe this. But anywho, obviously I don't pay any attention to that kind of thing. But there was opinions. Like people had opinions. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> when did you start? developing the superpower probably after being really hurt so you know they say that our greatest wounds have our greatest gifts underneath so becoming so involved in what other people thought and so worried about the image that I was presenting that I bloody ate myself to twice what I weigh now and was miserable and then I was like you know it was funny. I was literally, if you listen to my podcast, you said you did, but the latest episode we just recorded, I don't know when it will drop. I, I said to the guest, how do you um, do that without feeling like a bitch? And she's like, when it comes to my body and what I put in it, I'm that bitch. And I was like, oh. I love that so much. That's quotable. So I'm like, you know, when it comes to how I feel about myself, like I'm that bitch. And if people like, oh, having a virtual birthday party is dumb or you know, the time zones don't suit me or I don't know, whatever. That That's welcome to that, but we can't accommodate. So I said, I'm over, we asked when I'm over, over accommodating, trying to meet the needs of everybody at the expense of ourselves. If it is true that you are not pizza and you cannot please everyone, then the 
the logic would be that there will be someone displeased. Well, exactly. Like, I love how you said pizza. I said that about chocolate and someone's like, well, I don't like chocolate. So even for pizza, you're going to have someone going, I don't eat pizza. It's like, yeah. well, what about air? Like everyone needs air. <laughs> Doesn't mean you like it. But when you stop people pleasing, people will not be pleased. That's just a matter of fact. One of the things that I hear from folks, especially those like what she said, project folks, whether they're trying to write their personal narrative and like or write their story or create a business and like show up as the expert that they are, or if they're just trying to survive midlife. Here's one thing that is a theme that's happening over the last two weeks. People are coming to me and they're like, I am so tired. I am exhausted. I have been exhausted maybe my whole life, but really since, I don't know, 2020, maybe 2016, I mean, they start Mm. tracking it back. And I thought of you, I'm like, I'm glad you're coming on the podcast because what I'm guessing it's about is boundaries. What do you think? Oh, 100%. Because we we don't want to be that bitch. Like, you know, yeah. until you get to the point where you no longer care and then you embrace that <laughs> archetypal energy. But we are kind. We are caring. We are loving and concerned and, you know, wanting the best for others. And then we lose ourselves in the mix. And then some people, not all, and maybe not even intentionally, but can take advantage of that. There can be, you know, expectations or there can be entitlements and nobody's entitled to anything from you. Nobody's entitled to anything, not your time, not your energy, not your focus, like not even your own kids. And people be like, oh, that's really selfish or whatever. But when, what are we modeling to them? by putting ourselves out constantly. So very in the last week, my daughter decided to try out for the debate team and she goes to quite a large school and they only needed eight people. So they had 50 tryouts. So I was like, you know, the odds aren't great, but I don't want to be that mum who is like, don't have a go or don't bother or why, whatever. So I was like, okay, so cool. Put your name in. And I didn't hear much more about it. And then at 8.15 in the morning, she comes to me and she goes, debate tryouts today (laughs) I need my cue cards I'm like excuse me because we leave for school at 20 past eight I'm like you've given me five minutes to help you prepare for this anyway I was like well five minutes is what I have available grabbed out the cue cards lucky I had some otherwise it just would have been you know piece of paper cut up we're not precious here I was like what's the topic and she's like why kids why kids need school I'm affirmative so I was like what do you think and she thought up a few things so I was like write them down there you go that's you know, you're in. And so off she goes to the school, she comes back after school and she says to me, well, when we got there, the teacher said, where are your cue cards? And of the 50 people, only 21 had them. So the other 29 were turned away. It was like, you were told last week you needed to bring cue cards. And I was, I was cheering. I was like, yes, this is teaching the kids that they need to be prepared. They need to be organized. You're not entitled to get up there and speak. Like a few of them are like, oh, well, I've, I've practiced it in my head. And they're like, it doesn't matter. You were told cue cards. The uproar, Shannon, from the other parents in the parents' thread and whatever. And I was like, no, I stand behind it because, you know, other people's being disorganized is not my problem. So anyway, my daughter had her cue cards 
And then she's like, I volunteered to go first because you always tell me mom to go first, get it out of the way, set the standard, you know, and then not compare myself to everybody else. I'm like, how'd you go? Because I was terrible. And I said, I'm so proud of you. And she's like, why? I said, because you had to go. I said, what did you learn from this? And she goes, well, when I get told a week before what to do, I could actually start, you know, that day. And I was like, what did the kids learn by being turned away? Whereas I think sometimes when we enable, when we over-accommodate, when we don't want somebody to be unhappy with us, then we end up being the one who's put out. Like listening to 50 kids, 29 of which who've not organized in any way, shape or form, waffle on and go way past time, are not available for that. So I think, you know, sometimes in our personal lives, this shows up too. Someone's like, you want to meet for coffee? And then they're like, they come late or they, and they message, so that's okay. They don't even message or, and, and then we just, oh, it's okay when it's not. Like, I'm not saying give your friend a beat down, <laughs> but actually say like, you know, I understand stuff happens or whatever, but I was really, you know, frustrated or hurt or disappointed or, you know, be honest because we say, oh, that's okay when it's not. And then it keeps happening, I think. And that's how we end up burnt out and boundaryless and whatever, because we become over-accommodating. And it's just, it's, there's nothing, if someone takes offense to you, be like, oh, I was worried when you were 15 minutes late and they get all up in arms. It's a, it's an honest thing to do. If, if you and I were meeting this morning and you were 15 minutes late, I'd be like, I hope everything's okay. Or yeah. I would be annoyed because, you know, I only got so much time, got things to do. So right. there's nothing wrong with that level of honesty. I think we've become so trying to placate everyone that that seeding resentment has to go somewhere and it usually gets pushed down with food or doom scrolling on social media or drinking or some other like Amazon Prime becoming our best friend. And it's like it needs an outlet and a healthier outlet is having an honest conversation. Oh, I have to tell you something that I realized back in the day, I, don't be shocked, was a closeted cigarette smoker. You cannot be a closeted cigarette smoker. If I, I can smell people who have smoked a year ago. Do you know? It's just like, there's something you just know. And, but what I realized was happening is that I, even though I have like a leader personality, I had trouble with conflict. And so I would need a minute to like, think through what I wanted to say, because I do need to like gather my thoughts. So when I would go outside and smoke a cigarette, that was really just the pause. But then what became of it was a habit. And so I began to joke as I was quitting smoking back in 2016. Um, I began to smoke that the smoke was like my anger. Yeah. Doesn't that make sense? It makes so much sense. And the way you described it, like I needed a minute. The same yeah. with eating. How many of us go to the pantry or go to the fridge and scarf and biscuits or whatever? Yeah. It's not about the food. It's the pause. It's the time away. It's that break. And, and I love it. You know, closeted smokers. My mum was the same. She was a heavy smoker and then she quit, but she didn't quit. And we all knew. Mm -hmm. And she's like, how did you know? And it's like, you can smell that no matter how much breath mints you have or musk spray you spray on, like, you know, and I remember my sister's getting so judgmental and I'm never like you do you boo. Like if mm -hmm. you, someone else, as long as it's not going to endanger me, like you're not driving drunk or doing something like that. Um, but then there's being that level of compassion and also looking at instead of beating yourself up or hiding it or guilting and shaming yourself, what is the gift in this? Like what is underneath this? And then can I allow myself 
just to have five minutes? Can I go outside and get fresh air? Often the thing that we truly need, we don't allow ourselves to because we feel guilty about it, but hey, girl, got to eat or something like that. So like, what is it in the alcohol, in the cigarettes, in the food, in the shopping? Often it's just that moment of time out. And, you know, and also clearly communicating your needs to others. Like, I just need a minute, like not saying yes in the moment. Let me get back to you. Let me check my schedule. Um, Things like that. But looking for, you know, what is it about that? And then when we go back into old habits, it's not that we're bad or lazy or can't keep our shit together or whatever. It's in moments of stress, we tend to revert to, you know, things in the past that were soothing. Yeah. That makes me. I have so many things to connect with that, but I just am like, I'm full of compassion for that me who didn't find out till she was, I don't know, 46, that she was introverted. It took the pandemic for me to understand that I, I know it makes no sense at all, but it completely does. Like that was my introvert moment because I was in the theater or I was a professor or I was a single mom. And so I was like constantly surrounded with humans. And what I needed was like a minute to sort of collect myself, a minute to be with myself. Mm. Yes. Uh huh. I'm one of those moms they talk about that would watch television into the wee hours of the morning just because it was like alone time. Like that was my little bit. And I'm like, why am I so tired? Mm-hmm. Because Yo Gabba Gabba was what I had on during the day. And so I would watch the adult programming at night just to be like, to be with adults. Yes. And then what we do is try and schedule ourselves or try and come up with a, a formula so that we you know, eat better or go to bed earlier or like follow some stricter thing. And the more we tighten the noose to make it more strict the more we rebel and need that you know whatever it is the the medicine in the thing that isn't serving us and it's like you know oh I need alone time or I need I just need a quiet moment to get my thoughts together like I can't I'm not so some and also some people are responsive in the moment like they actually process by verbalizing so if you have someone who needs to talk it out with somebody who needs quiet and you know time to process it's a whole level of communication because you want to meet what they need, but you also want to appreciate your own needs. And you don't know sometimes because you haven't had experience of the other. So like for me with, with my friends, if they send me a message, the boundary I have set is to ask, are you available? Like before mm-hmm. they start their event, because I might not be in a space where I have capacity to listen and listening is a skill because so often people don't truly listen and they start venting and then venting. And then it's like this magnetic shit storm. <laughs> Whereas it's kind of like, you know, and I, I had a friend not that long ago, send me a message. And I said, yeah, no, not today. You know, circle back in a couple of days. And then it turns out that she had just broken up with a long-term relationship and I was like, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, well, I asked. And I thought I thought you wanted to vent about the weather or something. So now it's kind of like, you know, if this is a really big thing, yeah, I can make this available. But if this is just like I had a fight with the postman or something, you know, something little, and it's having that level of communication. So that, you know, next time, sure, in that case, I will clear my schedule. I'll make time for you. But 
yeah and and knowing that because especially with family like it's funny my kids at this moment are staying with my family my son rang me yesterday all distraught because my dad cut his hair I was like oh my goodness oh well this is gonna lessen in hair grows but (laughs) it's like it was a whole moment and um it's kind of like yeah where is the boundary too about you know your body and your autonomy like don't touch my hair I went to um, uh, an open improv practice with a local improv troupe called the Mothers. Uh, I love, I know. So they had an open practice and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be the oldest person there. I was, uh, and I was just so happy to be there. And one of the questions they did in warmups was like a boundaries question because in theater, in improv, you're supposed to make bold choices, which I love. You're supposed to respond intuitively, which I love, but there's this other part where you have to be aware of the person and their body. And so most of the people in the room said, don't touch my belly. Isn't that interesting? Like obviously privates, that would be strange to like, just go up and touch someone's privates. But most of the people said, not my belly. And what I heard myself say, (laughs) I heard myself say this. I am the improv version of demisexual. So like, if we know each other, I'm, I trust, and I trust you. We have trust between us. Like, obviously none of the naughty bits, but like you can put your hands on me. And so in the same version, I think about my brain space. Like one of my friends, um, has we have had this like change in our relationship because neither one of us used to ask for permission. She was with me during her divorce and I was with her during, you know, different divorces. And we were that friend. I have a question for you after this. We were that friend that the other just needed to hear all the scary shit, all the sad shit, all the shit. Cause you can get dark. You know, we Mm. both had kids, you know, we all had small kids, like scary money stuff. But what happened was during coaching, our relationship began to change. As I was getting certified, I realized that I needed better boundaries, both to have them and to offer them, you know, both in both relationships. Mm -hmm. So here's my question. When you became a coach, did you see a change in your friendships? A hundred percent. Every I don't want to use the term up level because it's not saying what I was doing before was below, but every shift in circumstance, I believe, you know, can change your circle, like your inner circle. And there is boundaries conversations to be had. And what's curious about coaching is it can be really murky between where is a friend giving advice and where is a coach. And where are you having a conversation, helping out a friend? And where are you coaching for free? And only you can decide that. Like you can have pillars or guideposts or inklings, but sometimes, and also too, you don't want to be on the receiving end of that. Like, you know, sometimes you say you go to speak to your friend or family member who's that health nut and you're like, I don't want to lecture about kale. Just want to eat chocolate and not be judged. (laughs) So it's kind of like it's knowing in yourself and being upfront, especially as coaches, a lot of our past 
clients become friends or, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I met in a mastermind, you become friends Mm -hmm. with the people in the mastermind. When does it become, you know, helping a fellow coach out? And when does it become, well, now I'm coaching this person for free too. Mm -hmm. And, and being able to have an open conversation about that and realizing, so I always premise, preface, it's early in the morning, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the conversation with, from my point of view or in my experience, like I had one recently, an ex-client became a friend. We're great friends. She asked me a question. And sometimes it can be so easy just to answer that and just to answer that and it becomes a door that becomes harder and harder to close. And I just said to her, I consider that a coaching question. So like I consider, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you did or whatever, you know, if you want to talk about another coaching package, I'm totally open for that. However, just to keep clear the boundaries between friend and coach, because and the other way to look at this are people who aren't sure, because I also have a medical background. I went to medical school and one of my placements in a rural area with the, I don't know you call them over there in America here, they're GPs, the general practitioner. Yeah. So I was in the supermarket with the GP um, because we stayed with them for two weeks. This person comes up and goes, doctor, I won't say his name. Hey, can you check out my mole? (laughs) And in that example, it's really clear. It's like, no, no. You make an appointment, you come and see me in my rooms. Not only is it inappropriate and crossing a boundary, it's also liable and legal. What if I care? That's fine. And it turns out to be a cancer. Like, you know, there's a procedure for this. So it's the same with coaching. It's like, oh, can I just borrow your ear? Or what could you do? Or what was that resource you mentioned? Or whatever. And it's like, no, that's a no. That's a coaching thing. And that is a coaching container. Um, or depending on how good a friend it is, like a couple of my you know, biz besties, apparently that term is trademarked. Business best friends, whatever. You know what it I mean? It is. Wow. Um, you, I, yeah, I got an email. It's trademarked. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, mm. you're really going to go down that line? Anyway, um, yeah. you just say, look, do you want friend Sue's or coach Sue's? So mm-hmm. you can just ask, which answer do you want? More often than not, they'll say both. You know, mm-hmm. And friend Sue's will be like, that bitch. And coach mm-hmm. Sue's will be like, yeah. So. But it's, it's getting clear and then noticing that sometimes people will be hurt or affronted or whatever, and often they'll come back later and go, I didn't realise or I thought about what you said or because in the moment they won't consider it coaching or overstepping. I just want to know. I just want this. And I think so many of us, we're looking for co-regulation. Our nervous system is mm. activated and we're looking for that co-regulation, which coach energy so brings to the room. And it's like, yeah, but that's something that you invest in in a container not just kind of take from your friends inadvertently so hard to learn once you learn it you realize I realize times that I've done it where I've gone to someone um, and I have leaned on them and in my work um, in my work in the south one of the things uh, that I'm really aware of is who we go to for comfort mm. and who believes they deserve to be comforted. Like that, that is actually, mm-hmm, that's actually a power situation that's happening and can be um, really hurtful to people in the moment. But on the other side of it, as a woman, I was out to dinner with someone recently And all they did was talk for three hours about themselves and they knew they were doing it. So I'm so glad they purchased the dinner. It was not a date, but I was like, oh, I know what's happening. You just need me to hold all of your thoughts. 
you know? So I think that's a really good place to start. Like if, if people haven't ever thought about that before, about boundaries and about what we're asking folks to do with their brain space. And also, is it reciprocal? Like, do you feel like, because the thing is sometimes they, the reciprocal, the reciprocity is, do you feel safe to not whether they're Mm. available to order or not? Because this person on another occasion may have been like, well, I can hold space for Shannon, but you don't feel safe to open up to them or you, it it feels very one-sided and it's not saying, hey, can't be my my friend, here's my card, come to my office. No, no, no. But it's about like what, where do I feel that I can be held? As Because sometimes like some of my these besties, I'm going to take the term, we don't have clear boundaries around that because it's it just, it flows so well. But if it ever didn't flow, I feel on both sides, we could speak up and then it'd be like, oh, okay. And you have a discussion. Whereas sometimes we inadvertently become the coach to our friends and then kind of lose the friendship tag. And then where it leans into people pleasing is, and I'm guilty of this, like I can speak so well to it because I used to be this person. Inadvertently, I keep a little tally in my head and be like, okay, I've done, I've done this, this, and this. So when my turn comes or when I need this, And then I, you know, put on my big girl pants and ask and they say, no, I get offended. I'm like, how dare they? You know, because in my head, I had this unknown checks and balance systems. They had good boundaries and I didn't. And then I would get offended. So it's like, no, as soon as, as soon as I notice any little bit of that energy now, checks and balances come in, I'm like, hang on, something needs to be reassessed here on my end. Like they don't even need to know about it. But as soon as someone's like, can you? And I'm thinking, well, if I do that, then they kind of owe me one or whatever. I'm like, no, <laughs> this is not a healthy place to be. That reminds I have a few very extroverted friends who love to do things. And so I get invitations, you know, sweet texts, would you like to do X, Y, and Z? And a part of me, <laughs> they don't know how much it takes for me to get myself together to go to the thing with them and then they're being extroverted and navigate all the people and humans and then it will take me 24 hours or more to recover from said event um and I don't want them to have to understand that that's just me being myself so I like waited 24 hours to say yes or no because I'm weighing you know I'm thinking about it they've been such a kind friend see this is like your tally I'm like, oh, they've been so sweet. They're so Enneagram too. They're always like wanting to help and wanting to give. And so the way I give back is to go. It's, you know, it's like this. It doesn't make sense when you step back. I think that's the thing, stepping back from it. Because when we're in it, we don't see it. But when we step back from it and, you know, people don't know what it takes, like how much energy, how much reach, because especially extroverts, they're getting charged by this. They're leaving the event like, oh, and you're leaving the event like I need to sleep for a week and we've been at the same place but we've had a totally different experience it's like when you go to a movie you take 10 people to see the same movie like the one that just won all the Oscars I was like oh I hadn't heard of it and then I googled it and I was like I did I sat through five minutes of it and I flipped it over because I thought that was weird but you know obviously a lot of people <laughs> thought it was great because it won awards mm-hmm. the movie is the same but everyone's experience of it is vastly different also on a different day like I might go back to that movie on a different day and be like oh my goodness this is the best thing ever what was I thinking so it's you know having these 
sometimes they're discussions and sometimes they're just things within you. Like depending on the level of friend, I would be like, yeah, have an introvert day. It's a no from me. And they're not going to be offended. They're like, oh, that's just Sue's. Whereas when we go, oh, sorry, I've got a headache or make up some BS lie. Like, you know how you can sniff cigarettes? You Mm -hmm. can sniff the I've got a headache thing when it's like, (laughs) actually, I just don't want to go. And I think it's much less offensive to say it's a no from me or like, I don't really like horror, but if you want to go see comedy, invite me next time. Or, um, you know, just I'm at capacity because when mm. you make up something, it's like saying, oh, no, I don't smoke while you're spraying the spray all over to kind of hide it. People, they get a sense. Yeah, and the the lying does something to the relationship. Do you know? The like, the who's the lying for? Do, is it for them or is it for you? And then it just does that little chip, 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 chip away. Fascinating. I could talk to you for hours. I have, I have a question because I think my people would like to know your people. So one of the ways that you are working, which I think is really cool, is that you have a course. And can you, would you tell us a little bit more about your course? Oh, my course is the best thing since sliced bread. Um, it's called Why Wait? And it's about actually taking action now. Because so many of us, we are waiting until the kids are older, until we're less busy, until we've paid off the house, until we've insert whatever thing it is. It could be something trivial after Christmas, after our birthday, after things settle down. When do things ever settle down? And so the course is about setting boundaries, putting self first, like self first isn't selfish, and having a community where you can say the hard things, the things that you wouldn't say anywhere else. And have it met with just just being heard could be part of it. Have it met with, oh, my gosh, me too. (laughs) When you think you're the only one and you're like, oh, my, wow, other people feel like this too. And about, you know, how to have these difficult conversations with people in our lives to preserve the relationship or to, you know, highlight the parts that we enjoy and not to, you know, make up excuses or not to, like, downplay or numb because we numb with eating or shopping or drinking or something but you know how to actually nourish ourselves with you know with good boundaries and with putting ourselves first so it's called why wait if you head over to my website suzannekolberg.com s-u-z-a-n-n-e-c-u-l-b-e-r-g you'll find it there um it's just I, I teach it live every round. It's my personal preference. I have something about pre-recorded stuff being dead energy and whatever, because every cohort is different and they have different things going on. Like we have a base concepts that I teach, but so this current round at the time of recording this, there's a lot of self-sabotage happening. So it's like, okay, I just create a module on this because, you know, this this is what this cohort is experiencing um, other cohorts, we've gone really into like values and identity, um, self-concept. It really depends. The program is shaped by the people who come. Like we have the core things that we cover, but it's that space where you can actually contribute and say, this is what I have going on. And that helps create the program each time. I just, it's absolutely fabulous. And also too, at the end of the cohort, because it's taught live, none of the stuff's carried forward. So personally, as an introvert, as a highly sensitive person, 
when I come to something and I'm like, oh my gosh, is this going to be available forevermore so to people I know or don't know or whatever? It's something that I keep in mind when I share. So that cohort is complete and a fresh one is begun. Um, and none of that material goes forward. And that's really important to me and the people that I work with that it's only shared with this space, with these people in this time. Oh, I love that. I'm back into the um, bounce curriculum for the method that I teach. I know, right? And I am redoing some stuff. There's some stuff that's just a little old and crusty and it needed to be revitalized. So I love that you do it that way. That shows you have great boundaries. <laughs> You're brilliant. I hope you will come back. I will put all of the ways to find you, including Instagram and your website in the notes. That would be fabulous. What was the thing you were over today? What are you over it today? Over accommodating. So especially if the person has asked you for something, because, you know, there's been a couple of examples in, in this past week for me where I've just been like, yeah, no, that's a no. And people's reactions, none of my business. I love it. None of your business. What's the other side, the bomb to that? What would be the opposite? What are you opposite welcoming over accommodating? What am I welcoming in? Like, uh, I think it's valuing myself, like my, mm. my time, because I think there's a difference between my time is important. Oh, look at me raw. And my time is important. And even if I choose to spend that time going for a walk or watching Ted Lasso, can't wait for the next season or whatever it is. <laughs> like, I think sometimes we're like, oh, well, you know, I wasn't doing anything anyway. And it's like, I find going for a walk or watching a show that I really enjoy nourishing and energy providing for me as opposed to waiting for somebody who's turning up late, then getting annoyed, then staying up like binge watching entire season. And then that's actually depleting. So it's like, if you're not going to turn up on time and I can go and watch an episode of my show and enjoy it and go to bed on time. Great. If you're not going to turn up on time and then I'm going to have to, you know, placate you and whatever. And then I'm so drained that I binge watch TV and stay up all night, which obviously is on me. Your behavior is never anyone else's fault. And it's also your own responsibility. Yep. But it's like, yeah, no, this is a better use of my time. So brilliant. I'm so glad we have met. Thank you for being my first international guest. I am excited. Thank you for yes. having me. I hope you guys enjoyed the accent. <laughs> Loved it. Both of us too. Your people too are like, well, who's yes. this? Yes. Yes. The Southern twang. All right, my friend, I'll see you soon. Thank you so much, Suze. I will see you in the mastermind. Bye. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my newest international buddy, Suzanne Kolberg. I love her podcast. She and Kristen's podcast is called Over It. Go put it in your podcast rotation. You will not regret it, especially if you are a female-bodied uh, solopreneur, uh, if you're a creative entrepreneur. They talk a lot about topics, uh, especially for coaches and folks doing service-based work that I, it's really groundbreaking. So get on over there. If you want to engage with Suzanne directly, feel free to go to SuzanneColbert.com. And of course, I cannot wait to see you in any of the next What She Said project or Shannon Ivy coaching things. If you are an entrepreneur, a creative, if you are a person who has a business story, you know, the one, that you cannot do business, you do not know how to make money. Oh, my friend, 
I might be the right coach for you because that too was my story. And it stopped me from actually living out this full boss-like dream I'm living in now where I get to say who I talk to and what we talk about, what my time looks like during the day. It's not the easiest path in the world, I will tell you, but it is so fulfilling. And once you learn a few clarifying things, you will change that story inside of you forever. These are the people I'm looking for right now. I am looking to work with more creative entrepreneurs, content creators, solopreneurs, especially if you are female bodied. You know what I mean, if you know what I mean. So I'm looking for you. If this is something you're interested in exploring, if you want a thought partner, if you are a solopreneur and you're like, oh, I can't afford a director of operations and a marketing director, I can't afford one, but I sure could use those two things. That's kind of what we do in coaching. That's what we could do in coaching. Or if you're the person who's like, if I don't get this book out of me, this content created, this website launched, this artwork sold to the right investors, this year, I, I, I can't, I just can't handle the thought of that. Then I'm the right coach for you. All of those things we have done easily, gently, happily, furiously, contagiously in coaching. DM me, message me or email me at Shannon at whatshesaidproject.com. Let's get you started. See you soon.